Welcome to Bridge City Church. We are here to lead people in a deeper relationship with Jesus and to grow the church locally, nationally and internationally. We pray you are blessed by this message. My name is Andrew. I'm part of the team here at Bridge City Church. Um, and good morning to those joining us online this morning. Before we start, I'd just like to pray. Father God, thank you for this opportunity to share your word here this morning. As I share, I ask your word comes across clear and concise, and that the people here this morning can understand and receive the word you want each person to take away. I ask that as I share your word, the Holy Spirit moves mightily in every person gathered here. I ask this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. I've titled my message, um, which is quite convenient considering the, the, the songs that we've had on this morning and, and the message that Gay just shared with communion, um, the presence of Jesus. So um, I'd, I'd like to... <clears throat> As, yeah. This morning I want, to, I want to share with you the story, the story of Jesus of healing a paralysed man. Now, I'm confident that most of you would have read the story. It's mentioned in three of the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. This morning, I'll be sharing from Mark, chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. A quick overview of the story, just, just to refresh your mind. Um, Jesus was in a, in a house in Capernaum where he was sharing the word of God. There, there was a massive crowd of people spread all around the house, just, just hoping to catch a glimpse of Jesus and to hear him preach the word of God. And as he was preaching the word of God to the crowd, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. But they couldn't get through the crowd. So they climbed up onto the roof and lowered the paralyzed man right down in front of Jesus. And Jesus saw their faith and healed the man and he got up and walked out through the crowd. I mean, that, that's a very brief Andrew overview of the, of the incident. Here's the actual scripture. <clears throat> Jesus healed a paralyzed man. When Jesus returns to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors, there was no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Now Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven? Or to stand up, pick up your mat and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, 
pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. As I was reading this passage, I asked myself, why was there such a big crowd of people at this house? The answer is the presence of Jesus. It's the presence of Jesus that, that set this house apart from all the other houses in this town. The crowd had heard that Jesus was home. The word says that the news spread quickly that he was back home. Jesus was back. And the, and the people came out to hear him, to see him, and, and just to be in his presence. They wanted to hear Jesus preach the word of God. They wanted to be in his presence. And it says that soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. And while he was preaching God's word to them, Jesus was preaching the word of God to the people. He wasn't there to share a meal. He wasn't there to simply catch up on old times or, or to hang out with his mates. No, he was there with a mission. He was there with a job to do. He was there to preach the word of God to people. And the people were crammed into this house, so, so much crammed into this house that they, there wasn't any space even outside the door. Can you imagine a house full to the brim of people, shoulder to shoulder, hanging on to every word, every movement, every gesture, just transfixed on Jesus, listening intently to him preaching the word of God. Then the word says that while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. It doesn't say where they came from. It doesn't say how long they, they travelled to arrive at this house. It doesn't give any indication of the level of his paralysis. It, it just says that four men arrived with a paralysed man on a mat. And then the word says that they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. Can you, can you imagine their thoughts? They arrived at this house where they knew that Jesus was staying. And they knew that if they could just get their friend before Jesus, that he would be able to heal him. They see the crowd overflowing from this house. And they can see quite quickly that there's, there's no way that they're going to be able to push through the crowd. I mean, it's not just the four men climbing up onto the roof. They must physically drag another adult male up there with them. He's paralysed with, with limited ability to hold on. They must climb up there without him falling off of his mat. Then after they climb up onto the roof and, and they drag old Matt up with them, they, they dug a hole in the roof. But not just any hole. They dug the hole directly above the head of Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but 
I'm certain that digging a hole in a roof, it wouldn't have been a simple, it wouldn't have been a quiet or even a quick process. But it says in verse 4 that they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. At this point in the meeting, I can imagine the crowd looking up at the roof at these four men then looking down at this man that had just, just been lowered through the roof onto the floor. Looking at each other in amazement and then finally looking to Jesus to see how he responds to what had just happened. Now put yourself in their shoes. You're at a meeting like, like a home group or, or connect group. You're crammed into someone's house with crowds of people listening to Jesus preach the word of God. You hear some noise coming from the roof. And then the roof opens. And a man is lowered. Now in those days, a meeting like this, it would have attracted teachers of religious law. And as it turns out, there was, there was some sitting amongst the crowd. Now the word says that they thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is, it's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. But notice that it says that they thought to themselves. See, Jesus, he knew their thoughts. Jesus knows the motives of their hearts. But the really scary thing is that Jesus also knows our thoughts. And he also knows the motives of our hearts. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this? in your hearts. The fact that Jesus was able to know immediately should have been an alarm bell to the teachers of religious law. I mean, how did he know? How did he know what they were thinking? They didn't say it. They just thought it. And then he turned to them and he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? How could he know that they questioned it in their hearts if he wasn't God? So Jesus continues to ask them, is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? And remember that Jesus, Jesus has already told this man that his sins were forgiven. Earlier Jesus said, my child, your sins are forgiven. And once Jesus forgives us of our sins, they are no longer valid that they no longer have the control over our lives that they once had. Forgiving us of our sins, it's not a physical transaction. So people looking from the outside cannot see. The changes take place internally, spiritually. Now Jesus continues to speak. He says, So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Now remember, there's a whole house of people crammed, crammed, crammed into this house that they had come to see and to hear Jesus. The house was so crowded that there was no way that you would be able to push your way through the crowd. And in the middle of Jesus preaching the word of God, a hole was made in the roof 
and a man on a mat was lowered to the floor right in front of Jesus. This man was paralysed. We don't know how badly he was paralysed. We don't know how long he'd been paralysed for. We don't know if he's even got any strength left in his body. But Jesus turns to him. Jesus turns to him. So now, now it's a one-on-one interaction between Jesus and this paralysed man. Jesus turns to him and tells him firstly to stand up. Something which he couldn't have done previously. And Jesus tells him to pick up his mat. And his mat it would have been laying on this mat for years. This mat was, it was his identity. It identified him as a paralysed man. It, it, it marked his place in society. Now Jesus tells him to pick up his mat and to simply go home. And when he had heard Jesus say these things to him, it says that he, he jumped up, he grabbed his mat, and he walked out through the sun onlookers. He jumped up. Words that we can just go over quite quickly. But he, he jumped up, not, not simply standing to his feet, not reaching out to the crowd for assistance to stand up. He jumped up. He leaped to his feet. He grabbed his mat and he walked out through the sun onlookers. This mat no longer defined who he was. He walked out through the crowd, bumping shoulders and looking people in the eyes for the first time. His head held high, bumping into people as he clawed his way through the crowd, pushing and pulling as he hurried, walking home to be with his family. And then the word says that they were all amazed and praised God, praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. The crowd praised God. The whole house full of people praised God. The four men brought him paralysed, knowing that if they could just get him into the presence of Jesus, he would be healed. I can imagine they went away praising God. The healed man walking home with his mat tucked under his arm, I'm certain he would have been praising God. But I want to ask you, what is, it, what is it that changed for this man on this day? One encounter with Jesus. Twelve verses of scripture. And this man goes from being carried, laying, paralysed on a mat, having no control over his life, to jumping to his feet, grabbing his mat and walking through a large crowd of stunned onlookers. He was forgiven of his sins. The very first words that Jesus spoke to this man were, my, son, my, son, my child, your sins are forgiven. Spiritual healing came before the physical healing. Jesus could see the physical, the physical healing that was sought but he saw through the natural into the supernatural. He forgave this man of his sins, healing him spiritually, and then Jesus healed him physically. Now the crowd and, and the teachers of religious law and, and the four friends, they all saw the physical healing. But Jesus knows 
that physical healing is, is merely a temporary measure. It simply fixes our bodies until we are called to go home. But spiritual healing through the forgiveness of sins has eternal implications. Forgiveness is one of the greatest needs in life. There is nothing greater than to be forgiven. To stand right before God, to deal with the past, to remove the guilt and to resolve the conflict in our lives. Forgiveness of sins is one of the things that identifies the Christian faith. It, it draws us closer to God through his son Jesus who died on a cross to take away all the sins of this world. To forgive us of our sins. To take the punishment that, that we deserve. To come into the presence of Jesus, broken and paralysed. And then to be able to walk through the crowd free and completely healed is the greatest gift. And when we ask you to come to the altar at the end of each service, that's your opportunity to come broken and paralysed and to be able to walk out through the crowd free and completely healed. Just one of the many gifts that God has for us who believe in him. We read in John 3, verses 17 and 18, that God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. In this story, Jesus diagnosed a spiritual need. He identified the cause and applied the cure that only he can give, forgiveness. Jesus forgave the paralysed man while he was still sick. The paralysed man, it was not required to get his life in order before Jesus spoke to him. All he was required to do was to receive the forgiveness that Jesus had for him. My child, your sins are forgiven. Jesus, through the authority of God, is the only one that can forgive us of our sins. Jesus is the only one that we can come to for healing both spiritually and physically. As we read in John 14 verse 6, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. One question I want to ask you this morning is where do you place yourself in that story? Which of the following categories are you in right now, where you are right now? And apart from Jesus, there are four distinct groups of people in this, in this story. The first group is a crowd of people outside their house. They know that Jesus is in there. They came to see him, to hear the word of God being preached. But they aren't, for whatever reason, able to push through into the presence of Jesus. Maybe they weren't quite desperate enough. Maybe it was too hard to make any changes in their lives. 
Maybe it's more comfortable watching from afar, not wanting to press in. The second category are the people inside the house, crammed in, squashed, shoulder to shoulder, physically uncomfortable, wanting to be close enough to see and to hear Jesus preaching the word of God. Maybe to get there, they had to push their way in. They are desperate to be close to Jesus. The third category is the four men. They carried their friend on a mat. They were willing to bring him, to carry him, to, to do the work that he couldn't do for himself. They had the faith to believe that Jesus was the only one who could help him. And despite facing some obstacles, they did whatever it took to get their friend into the presence of Jesus. They were willing to lift him up, to, to place him before Jesus. For they knew in their heart of hearts that Jesus would be the only one that's able to heal him. There was nothing that was going to prevent them for bringing him into the presence of Jesus. Now the fourth and the final category is the man on the mat. He had just been lifted out of his normal life and placed right into the front of Jesus. Through no control of his own, his life was laid bare at the feet of Jesus in front of a large crowd and he was healed and set free. He came in paralysed and helpless. He received forgiveness from the only one who has, who has the authority to forgive us of our sins. And he walked out healed and whole. It, it really doesn't matter which category of people we put ourselves in. The most important point that I'm trying to make today is that we come into the presence of Jesus. That we come into the presence of Jesus. No matter how we get there, we must keep moving forward closer to him. We must do all that we can to get into the presence and to remain there. That we love our friends and our family enough to, to bring them into the presence with us. And sometimes this can only be through prayer. If, if they're unwilling to, to come with us. But we don't give up. We don't ever give up. Jesus is the answer for us and it's an answer for them. Jesus is the only one that has the authority to forgive us of our sins. There is, there is no other. By Jesus dying on a cross and taking away our sins, we can come before him today to be forgiven and to be drawn closer to God. What is it that you need forgiveness for? What is it that's keeping you from the presence of Jesus? While you might not, while you might not be sitting here this morning physically paralysed, what is it that is preventing you from being healed? What is it that is stopping you 
whatever it is, bring it into the presence of Jesus. Accept his forgiveness and allow him to heal you. Just like this man who was brought into the presence of Jesus, broken and paralyzed, he received forgiveness for his sins that only Jesus can give. And he walked through the large crowd of standard onlookers, whole and healed. Let's close remembering the first words that, that Jesus spoke in today's scripture. My child, your sins are forgiven. My child, your sins are forgiven. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your son. Thank you that because of Jesus' blood shed for me, my sins are forgiven. Because of this, I can come before you clean and whole today. Father, we thank you when we think of the four friends and, and their desperation to get their paralyzed friend to Jesus. We are in awe and we ask that you help us to be like them. Please help us lead our friends, our friends and family and pray for them to know you as their Lord and Saviour. Help us to be like the inside crowd, pressing in closer and closer to hear what you have to say through your Holy Spirit. Help us not to be satisfied with, with where we are, but to have the desperation to know you on an ever-deepening level. We thank you for your word, which is such an incredible gift in our lives. And we thank you for everything you have done and are doing for us. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you in the precious name of Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Thank you for joining with us today. If you would like to find out more, you can get in touch with us on our website at bridgecitychurch.com.au. See you next time.